Welcome to the first episode of News and English, a podcast for advanced learners of English in which the news is an excuse for a tiny lesson. Today, Oscar's troubles. This year, something happened at the Academy Awards ceremony. While you and I know this event is usually about nominations and winners and red carpet fashion, I am pretty confident you know what something happened refers to. Yes, I am talking about what came to be known as the mix-up or the moment when La La Land was erroneously given the Best Picture Award. As events unfolded live on TV screens, viewers became part of the most unexpected Oscars catastrophe of all time. In fact, such was the impact of the incident that it had people referring to it in many ways. Reporters variously called it Brace Yourselves or Prepare for a Long List. Here it goes. A blunder, the Oscars snafu, an epic fail, a mistake, an error, a screw-up, a bungle, the envelope gaff, a cringe-worthy mishap, the Oscars flub, the best picture disaster, a bizarre turn of events, the Oscars fumble, the best picture chaos, the Oscar fiasco, a cock-up, an on-stage catastrophe, the Oscars envelope gate, a foul-up, the infamous mix-up, the wrong best film gate, an unprecedented slip-up, and the list goes on. All these terms are very interesting because they function as labels. They provide, in this case, an event with a word or phrase that names a concept and communicates personal judgment. You have probably realized that in some cases, the nouns I just listed functioning as labels appear alone, as is the case of blunder, mistake, error, screw-up, cock-up and foul-up. But in other cases, they are accompanied by adjectives that help define the idea more specifically. Most of the adjectives here sort of add intensity to the otherwise factual nouns as in the case of an epic fail or bungle, a bizarre turn of events, the infamous mix-up, a cringe-worthy mishap, or the unprecedented slip-up. What is interesting is that in these cases, the nouns refer to the event in a somewhat neutral fashion by simply stating something went wrong. But the adjectives are quite extreme with Epic, referring to something of great size. Bizarre, pointing to a very unusual event. Infamous, describing negative fame. Cringe-worthy, stating the event merits or deserves. Cringing, or reacting in a way that shows discomfort or embarrassment. And unprecedented, reporting the event as never having happened before. The combination of a neutral noun with a bolder adjective is quite effective in creating catchy, though somewhat ambivalent, labels. All of the labels mentioned earlier, however, either as single nouns or as noun phrases, convey the message 
that an event went wrong. But what is also interesting about the different choices is that they allow to communicate varying degrees of seriousness. They cover a range that goes from the merely descriptive and objective, such as fail, mistake, error, turn of events, cock-up, mix-up, foul-up, mishap, or slip-up, which suggests a rather minor act of wrongfulness and may even imply lack of intention, to others that are more explicit on the central side effect, embarrassment. Here, examples are blunder, snafu, bungle, gaff, flub, or fumble. Some others are a bit excessive and add a layer of drama, such as disaster, chaos, fiasco, and catastrophe. Finally, there are even interesting attempts at creativity, as in envelope gate and wrong best film gate. Let's have a look at some of these. Many of those nouns are more frequently seen as verbs. In this category, we find blunder, fail, bungle, flub, and fumble. This is what they look like when used as verbs. We blundered into a trap, or I failed the test, or you bungled the job, or they flubbed the show, or he fumbled for words. We call this process functional shift or conversion. It occurs when we change the typical and sometimes original function or category of a word. For example, the word envelope, which is normally a noun, functions adjectivally, or like an adjective, in envelope gaff. Conversion is a distinctive feature of English which adds to its flexibility and simplicity. It also lends the language an energetic quality since it seems to make it so easy to create new words. Oh, aside from the question of category or whether these words function as nouns or adjectives or verbs, have you considered maybe blunder, bungle, flub and fumble look a bit similar? And don't they seem like they're trying to represent with sounds the confusion entailed in their meaning? The bull, gul, and full groups are surely not the easiest to pronounce. Try and say them slowly to see the strain these put on your speech organs. I am sure you have heard this before. Sometimes words try to represent meaning through sounds. We call this onomatopoeia. English is very fond of this phonological device. Going back to the labels, you probably picked up the repetition of up, a particle that carries a lot of meaning despite its small size. We frequently associate the word up with bringing something to a higher position or level, as in put up a flag or turn up the volume, or to a higher degree, as in go up in the world, or keep up with events. This elevation is in turn associated with something occurring to a marked degree, and thus very noticeably, which is precisely what screw-up, cock-up, foul-up, mix-up, and slip-up convey. That is to say, 
something went wrong in a very bad way. Notice this group of labels also offers range in terms of the severity of the event they describe, with mix-up, slip-up, and foul-up referring to a minor mistake in a neutral way, but with screw-up and cock-up showing informality and suggesting a more serious mistake. Let us now focus on another, maybe more unusual, choice of label. You were probably thrown off or confused by the word snafu. This word is actually an acronym. An acronym is a word whose letters are first letters of a longer phrase. Snafu stands for situation normal, all fouled up or fucked up. Thus, S-N-A-F-U. This is used sarcastically to mean it is normal for things to go bad when you usually expect the opposite, right? Snafu is a very popular term and fits the occasion perfectly. So much so that there were several snafus at the Oscars that evening, including the fact that one of the largest props crashed on the stage during rehearsals only hours before the ceremony, and that in the In Memoriam segment, tribute was paid to an Australian producer who had not passed or died. These all qualify as snafus, don't you think? Now, one more little thing. Does the stress at the end of the word snafu confuse you? Well, while English tends to favor initial stress, there's no reason for this to be always true. Besides, snafu with initial stress, is the alternative pronunciation. There is another term used for what happened at the Oscars ceremony that might have caught your attention. I am thinking of the word gaff. It looks little like English, doesn't it? That is because it is a borrowing from French. Yes, people borrow words from other languages, only in this case there is no intention of returning the word to its legitimate owner. Listeners whose mother tongue is Spanish are probably familiar with the concept it describes, a mistake that causes blunder. But for English speakers, this word may be pretty cryptic or mysterious. That is why lookups for the word gaff spiked or increased sharply on that day. By far, however, the most interesting labels are, at least in my opinion, Envelope gate and wrong gate. What a mouthful those are. These two nouns were spontaneously coined on the basis of the particle gate, which in turn comes from the term Watergate, a name used to refer to a political scandal involving US President Nixon. The last part, gate, of what was actually the name of the building where the event took place, was soon used to name other scandals, such as Iran-gate, Korea-gate, and many more. There is, in fact, a list of words with the gate suffix on Wikipedia. And guess what? Envelope-gate has already made it to the list. The two words in question, envelope-gate and wrong gate could be paraphrased as the scandal in which the wrong envelope was handed to the presenters or the scandal in which the Best Film Award 
was wrongly announced, respectively. So what did you think of these words we call labels? Had you thought of them in this way? Labels are used constantly in communication as ways of designating, defining, or calling something. They can give you further insight or understanding into people's opinions. They can also help you convey your views more successfully. Think, for example, what you yourself thought of the Oscars mishap. Would you have called it a catastrophe? Or would mistake have done the job for you? Think about it the other way around. What should happen for you to call it a catastrophe or a mistake? And what would a catastrophe at the Oscars entail for you? Labels do not just exist in English. You can find them in Spanish, French, Italian and German and probably many other languages as well. What never ceases to amaze me about these words is that you may not, for example, call a dog other than a dog or a table other than a table, as in fact, nobody would be able to make sense of what you were saying if one day you decided to use the word dog to refer to a table. But to name what happened at the Oscars, there are several possible options, even more than the ones discussed here, and we managed to understand them without trouble. More importantly, each label commits the speaker to a certain viewpoint. That is interesting, don't you think? Let us now move on to something else that proved interesting as regards language concerning the 89th Academy Awards. Naturally, not only the mishap was endlessly discussed, but also people's reaction. One of the terms used to describe how people reacted was shell-shocked. While this is the word associated with the fatigue that comes from combat, you may well think it is a tad, or a bit, exaggerated to use it for this situation. The word is also used to describe being confused, shocked, or upset after a difficult situation or event, and consequently being incapable of functioning normally. This naturally applies mostly to the people directly involved. If you have seen footage, it is clear the La La Land and Moonlight teams find themselves quite at a loss. In fact, you can see a numb Emma Stone mouthing, oh my God, a couple of times. By the way, a great lesson in good manners, don't you think? Others might have come up with more colorful expressions to express a shock. And what about the audience? The words most frequently used to describe how the audience reacted were perplexed, bewildered, and stunned. These are quite close in meaning, particularly the first two. The three words involve a reaction in which the person is too confused to know what to do, with stunned being possibly the most paralyzing of the three. But we could easily say they might be used interchangeably. Yet another phrase used to describe how people showed their disbelief was mouths agape or wide open. This would be the most frequent physical response to being perplexed, bewildered or stunned. It seems interesting that in this respect there's little variety of emotions and, consequently, word choice, as the event seems to call for a more unified response. 
except, naturally, if we consider the people directly responsible for the error who must have felt mortified or embarrassed and scared of the consequences, or those responsible for those responsible for the error who must have felt livid or enraged. A final comment as regards how people responded to what happened is that the La La Land team was said to have reacted with grace. This term is associated with politeness and with this meaning it is frequently associated with the phrase grace and dignity. This fits the La La Land crew to the letter or perfectly. They were polite and pleasant but also remained calm in defeat. They held their heads high and acknowledged the mistake as such and promptly left the stage. Such good actors. That is the end of today's episode. We sign off with wise words from Confucius. A man who has committed a mistake and doesn't correct it is committing another mistake. That is all for today. See you next time. Bye.